Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Jesus speaking here, John 10. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. Are you one of the Lord's sheep? Yes or no? Is he your shepherd? Then you ought to be able to. Some people would think that's weird or foreign. No, that's, that's common. I mean, if you're a sheep and he's your shepherd... You ought to be able to hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep. How? All right, I'm going to ask you an embarrassing question here, and one that only recently has been answered by me, and I had to investigate why. How many of you have ever know that you know that you heard the Lord speak to you and he called you by your name? Raise your hand. This is uh, by far uh, the minority of us. So here's the question that the Lord asked me, and I'm going to ask you. Why is that? If the shepherd calls his sheep by name, why don't we seem to hear the Lord call us by our name? Is it... Not true, is it only for an elite? Uh, no, he says he calls his sheep by name. And he leads them out. In verse 4, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his what? They know his what? Will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they don't know the voice of a stranger. Here's a question for you. How would it make you feel if you were to hear the impression of the Lord so strongly that you actually felt like you called his name? What would be the first thing you would do? Would you second guess it and say, that's just my mind? Would you say, this is weird and shy away. The Lord, look, do you believe that he loves you as much as the word of God says he does? Do you believe that the word of God is true when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is going to disclose all things to you? And do you believe when Jesus prayed that the Father would disclose to his, to his disciples, do you believe he meant it when he said, show them that you love them as much as you love me? Did he mean it? So if God the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus, why would it surprise us for him to call us by name? 
Well, I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, now, wait a minute now. Do you believe that God the Father knows and cares about every bird that falls across the whole universe? Isn't that one of the Beatitudes? Yes or no? Was that in the teaching of Jesus? Well, then why wouldn't he know your name if he knows about every little bird across the whole universe that may fall to the ground? If God the Father loves you with all his heart like the Word says he does, why wouldn't he speak to you? The Bible says that we believers have the mind of Christ. What would you say about a mind that couldn't speak? Would you say it was disabled or that it was healthy? A mind that couldn't speak we would call disabled, wouldn't we? Well, is the mind of Christ disabled? Well, then why wouldn't he be able to speak to you? There's all kinds of evidence as to why we should hear the voice of God. And I love that graphic, and thank you, Deborah. The Word of God says He's a speaking God. How did He create the earth? And God said, and it was. The Bible says that Jesus is the personification of God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. How would the voice of the Lord sound? We talked about this. Go back on the website and, and review the, the messages if you choose. The voice of the Lord is not a condemning voice. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he's not going to condemn and beat you up. If, that, if that's the voice you hear, always recalling, always bringing up your past sin, that's not the voice of the Lord. In fact, the Bible clearly says that our enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So accusations do not come from the Lord. His voice is a voice of love. It's a voice of hope and encouragement. Yes, it's a voice of correction, but it's also a voice of guidance. We talked about how to hear and discern the voice of the Lord. We are wired to hear that voice. Now, I want you to go to the back of your outline. I want to skip the other part. We'll come back to that on another day, not today. But I want to summarize this. The, God speaks primarily through His written Word. It's not going to change. You say, Pastor, I just can't seem to get into the written Word. Well, try something different. Back off and say, Lord, I know, Holy Spirit, that you live on the inside of me. I have... The testimony of your word for that. I ask you to lead me today to something you want to tell me out of your living word. And then make the faith, the faith assumption based on his word that if you ask him anything according to his will, he will hear and grant it to you. Whether you get a revelation or whether he just gives you some information that will eventually become revelation... A lot of times revelation starts with information and revelation comes when the Holy Spirit breathes on that information and now you got it. Ask the Lord, show me where you'd like to breathe on the scriptures for me today. Don't make this more 
complicated than it is. Don't say, well, if I'm really a dedicated believer, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read the book of Leviticus in one sitting. Good luck with that one. Ask the Lord. Ask the Spirit of God that lives in you. Show me where I should go today. If you've got a track to run on, good. Stick with it. If it works for you, fine. If not, ask Him. The, the written Word of God, the witness of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to know whether you're supposed to move from Oak Street to Hickory Street by finding it in the Bible. Can I tell you? It ain't in there. But you know the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you, who knows all things, who knows the mind of Christ who is the mind of Christ in you, He can speak to you and tell you things. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said He will disclose to you, He will disclose to you all that you have in me. He will tell you things to come. He will guide you into all the truth. He can talk to you. So the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, the written Word of God, God uses messengers. We talked about that. Sometimes you'll sit under a teacher even by grace, you could actually hear your pastor say something sometime. You can hear from God through any, and you know what? It doesn't just have to be called out men and women. The Lord can speak to you in any number of ways. If he can speak to somebody in the Old Testament through a donkey, he can sure use somebody in your daily life. He can speak to you through there. The Lord can speak to you through parables of, of nature. I uh, sometimes uh, see, uh, I see things in nature sometimes that reminds me of something that the Lord has written in His Word or something He wants to teach me. Dina is especially attuned to that. She is top-notch at seeing things in the natural realm and knowing that the spiritual implications of that. The Lord... Uh, teaching us something, telling us something, and it is confirmed in His Word. But today I want to tell you there's another way that the Lord speaks, and it's pretty common. We just need to learn to listen to it, and that is through deep impressions in your spirit. Turn with me to the book of Acts, if you will, chapter 15. Deep impressions. Now, what do you mean by that? That is, there's just a knowing in your inner man there's something that is imprinted in your inner man, or sometimes it feels like a pushing. Sometimes it feels like a rumbling. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you when your inner man gets troubled. Sometimes through the troubling in your inner man, I call it a disturbing of the peace. Sometimes the Lord is trying to tell you something to get you moving to listen to him more acutely or to get you energized to take a step you probably know you should have been taking. There is a troubling. Now, this is not worry. The Bible talks about how even Jesus was troubled in spirit. It caused him to seek the Father at another high level and it caused him to take an action Worry is when you take responsibility for an outcome you can't fix. And the Word tells us not to even go there. 
A troubling can spur you on to seek the Lord at a higher level or to take the next right step that he wants you to do. Impressions, that is just inner knowing, that is something in your inner man that tells you red, yellow, or green, stop or go or slow down, watch out, no, yes, any number of things in your inner man. Listen, if Jesus is Lord of your life and you are asking him to direct your steps, don't sell short the fact that the Holy Spirit has his own language and many times through deep impressions, he's trying to tell you something deeper than just what you see or hear or can figure out with your natural mind. An example of how sometimes the Lord just gives these general impressions, Acts 15, the church was blowing and going. I mean, after the day of Pentecost, well, I mean, you know, 5,000 people were saved in one day on the streets of Jerusalem, and the Word says that the church grew every day. And then there came mighty persecution, and guess what? The growth plan changed. It wasn't megachurch anymore. And I'm not throwing stones at anything. Nope, nope, nope. Jerusalem was a megachurch. I mean, 5,000 coming into the church in one day, and then every day thereafter, people coming in like crazy. But then persecution came. Well, now, the devil do that or God did it? Both. Your God is big enough to take what the devil does and use it against him. It's not an either or. God Almighty is sovereign. And the devil only sees about that far. God sees the whole picture. So what happened? When the devil, through the Roman emperor, tried to squash the church and brought great persecution, the church scattered all over the Roman Empire. Changed the world. So you see, sometimes... There's multiplication through division. What the devil has planned against you, if you will walk with the Lord and trust him and stay obedient to him, God will even use that against him. The church was having some issues with all new people coming in who came out of incredibly different background from strict Judaism. And there were things that they were bringing into the church that were troubling a lot of the believers who were, had been brought up in traditional Judaism. And so verse 22 tells us, chapter 15, that the apostles and elders called out men who had appointed other spiritual men to walk with them, with the whole church, sent out, chosen men of their own company. I'll summarize this for you. They sent them out with a letter, and uh, that letter was, I want you to start with me there in verse 25. Part of the letter reads like this. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to choose chosen men, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives.
for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not just asking, look, we're sending people with a track record. We're sending people who've been faithful. They're not the latest and greatest. We have observed what that we have observed them, and we're sending them to you. Verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You know what that means? Notice what he didn't say. We were in prayer and fasting, and in the middle of the night, there was a message on the wall of our bedrooms. Every one of us, do this. We got up one morning, and we had prayed over our scrambled eggs, and the voice of the Lord said, go here. Boy, that would be nice if that was uh, that easy sometimes, wouldn't it? Am I the only one that would like to hear it like that sometimes? What they're saying is we met together and we prayed and we, we processed this. And what we, are, what, what we had peace about doing is it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and it seemed good to spiritual leadership and it seemed good to those assembled. It seemed good. What does that mean? That means that in our inner man, trusting the Lord, asking Him for wisdom, asking Him for knowledge and direction, we didn't have we had affirmation and not restraint. Affirmation and restraint are powerful impressions in your inner man from the Lord. Sometimes when you're seeking, what should I do? Look for the affirmation of the next right step. Okay, should I take the next right step? Is there affirmation there or is there a great big, is there a great big wall that says don't go there in your inner man? Affirmation and restraint. They're impressions. Sometimes when you're trying, when you're asking the Lord, you'll just have a likeness, you'll have a peace, you'll just know in your heart of hearts there's peace there and you should do this or that. Don't ignore the red lights. Let's talk about it like this. Let's suppose in your decision making, Think about it in terms of an intersection. And as you approach that intersection, all of us are familiar with red, yellow, and green lights in an intersection. When you're praying and seeking the Lord, determine, okay, Lord, am I, as I am approaching this intersection, is there a red light that says, uh-uh, no, no, stop, just stop right where you are. Either turn around or don't go any farther. Is either not the right thing or the not the right time. Do I not really see that message, but do I see a caution light? Do it, is it yellow? Is it saying, now look, wait, wait now. You, you, you're going to slow down a little bit. You're going in the right direction. It's good. You heard me. But now just, just don't go too fast. Slow down a little bit. Why? Because there are things I want you to see and there, there are things I want you to be aware of that could make you have a wreck if you don't slow down. Or is it all green? Oh, okay, I'll just take the next right step. If, it, it, if I have peace, 
Uh, let's take the next right step. Those of you who are married, you're in covenant with somebody. You're in covenant with somebody. Is that person a believer? Well, don't run out ahead of them. Yeah, that, that's not the way you operate in covenant. Well, I'm going to do this. I don't care what you say. No, 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 no. Wait a minute now. You're in covenant, see? You made a covenant with God. And do you know something? That sometimes your wife or your husband can see things or hear things maybe you're not seeing or hearing. So when that happens, you stop and you get it out on the table. This is a covenant. And you say, well, look, help me understand. Remember those three years? Help me understand why you feel this hesitancy about us doing this. Help me understand that. Now, if you just rush ahead and do it, and you're basically saying, I don't care what you think, this is the right thing, I'm going to do it, you're going to accumulate. Look, that's a violation of covenant. I hurt somebody. And you're, gonna, you're just going to create damage. And it's going to have to be addressed at some point for covenant to be start to function the way it should. You say, well, just when I know what to do, they always slow me down. How many of you know that God places people in your life for a reason? Do you believe He's sovereign? You don't believe He can use your husband or your wife or somebody who's close in covenant with you, a son, a daughter, somebody, to help you see some things that you don't see otherwise? And this requires work on all of our part. And I don't care how old you get. These principles are always the same. Listen for affirmation or restraint. Uh, ask yourself this. If I feel like I am, I've got a peace now, I feel like it's the, is it true to the Word of God? Does the Spirit bear witness in me? Is the Holy Spirit... What's the main witness of the Holy Spirit? Write this down, Colossians 3.15. If you're heading down the right path in decision-making, Colossians 3.15 ought to be a big passage for you. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And the word rule there in the Greek means act as an umpire, calling things out or safe. What's the Holy Spirit trying to tell you about the decisions you're trying to make? Is it out or safe? Does the Spirit bear witness? Does He give you peace? What does wise and mature counsel say about it? Well, I don't ever ask anybody for counsel. I just hear from God and whatever He tells me. I, look. I don't care how spiritual that sounds, you cannot find in the operation of New Testament Christianity, you cannot find anywhere where somebody succeeded at a high level without the presence and the, the counsel of somebody else. 
You're not supposed to walk this journey by yourself. Don't isolate yourself. You become very attractive to the devil. You get deceived and don't even know it. Does it bear witness with the Spirit? Does wise and mature counsel agree? Does it last? I thought I heard something from the Lord uh, not long ago when I was asking about her decision about something uh, that Dean and I were considering and seeking. And uh, I thought I heard the Lord uh, tell me something that I should do, that we should do. And so I asked the Lord, the moment I seemed to hear that in my inner man, I asked this question. Is that you? You say, what an idiot thing. No. The Word of God says, test the spirits. See if they're of the Lord. Do they testify that Jesus Christ is Lord? Test the spirits. So I said, is that you, Lord? Seemed to have no red flags, no yellow things. So I said, well, uh, I don't mind asking. Uh, if that's you, I want you to confirm that to me. So uh, as a few days went by, something uh, pretty telling happened. I lost the sense of affirmation. The yes of affirmation began to fade. Now some of you are not hearing a thing I'm saying but some of you are hearing me loud and clear. It just depends on where you are. It's all right. I lost the sense of affirmation, but I didn't hear anything negative. And so, Dean and I got back in a position. We took the next right step. What did we do? We investigated what we thought he said, even though the sense of affirmation had left. When we investigated what we thought the Spirit was saying, it became clear that this was not God's highest and best and not the right way for us to go. We were considering purchasing something. Not the right thing. Here's the principle. Are you with me? If the Lord is telling you something, it will last you're not going to change his mind tomorrow. If it's just in your mind and part of your own desire, it will begin to fade. And especially will it fade if you start investigating. Take the next right step. Look into it. Next step. Investigate. And as you investigate, guess what will happen? As you continue to walk down there, if you're trying to make a decision, should I do this or that? The more, the more you believe that you've heard from God, if it's of God, there will be a peace. Now, that peace may not be comfortable because sometimes the Lord will say to you things that you don't want to do. I have things that I have to do as your overseer that I don't like to do. I don't enjoy them one bit. But if I have peace in my inner man that it's what I'm supposed to do, then peace always trumps comfort. Amen. 
So keep on seeking the peace of God and let it rule, act as an arbiter in your heart. Well, I want you to see here in closing in Acts 16, I want you to see something that these apostles, Paul and Barnabas and others did, uh, chapter, actually, it was Paul and Silas. You know, some of you may uh, have forgotten <laughs> that as Paul and Barnabas were seeking the Lord, they had a very difference of opinion as to what the Lord was saying. Did you know that? Let me just show you that, verse 39, chapter 15. The contention became so sharp that they parted from one another, and Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Well, who was right? Was Paul right to say, no, we're not going to take John Mark now. He already left us once. Or was Barnabas right to say, Paul, you've got you to give him grace. He's, he's, he's going to do it right this time. Which one am I right? The Bible doesn't say. I hate to tell you this, but I think both of them turned out to be right because now you had two missionary campaigns and the fruit doubled. It is interesting to me that you don't hear much about Barnabas anymore, but Paul went on to shake the Roman Empire and write 13 books of the New Testament. What happened? Verse 40 might give you a clue. Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. You know what that means? He didn't isolate himself and say, I'm going to do this come hell or high water. He stayed under the covering of the church. I wish I could just get everybody out there in ministry to understand the power, the God-given power and authority of walking with others who are in a place of maturity and a place of love and support and covering. It's for another day. Amen. Chapter 16. Interesting, very, very interesting. Verse 6, when they had gone, Paul and Silas, through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now, how does the Holy Spirit forbid somebody? The Bible doesn't say. It might have been a deep impression in prayer. It could have been a prophetic word. It could have been circumstantial. But the door was closed. However he did it, he did it. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Wait a minute now. These are guys who are anointed of God. They're bearing fruit like crazy. They are they're walking in obedience to the Lord. And they, they try to open a door of ministry not once, but twice, and the Spirit shut it down. Hmm. How did that happen? How many of you know sometimes the Lord overrules us?
He can do it by internal alert. Don't do that. He can do it through an external message. He can do it through the intervention and circumstances. But sometimes we get overruled. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas and look at verse 9. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right, what, what are we trying to say here? Sometimes the Lord is going to close a door, and sometimes he may close multiple doors. But you better lift up your head and rejoice, because if you will keep on seeking the Lord, you're about to get a revelation that is deeper than the one you just had. And God is going to tell you where your next assignment is and give you the supernatural ability. Did you know they went into Philippi? You read the book of Philippians? Someday when we have time, I'd like to tell you what an unusual journey this was. They would have never been able to figure it out on paper. The Spirit said no. The Spirit forbade them. But then greater revelation came. If you're being told no by the Holy Spirit over and over again, job, house, relationship, money, investments, church, whatever, keep on listening because you're probably ready for a greater revelation. When Paul had this vision, there was no doubt whatsoever what God said. When he heard the pleading, come over to Macedonia and help us, they immediately obeyed they just took the next right step they didn't try to figure it out if you're trying to figure out five years from now you're not going to be able to do it you can have all these little theoretical plans but if you're following jesus that could change tomorrow sometimes we'll get overruled but when we get overruled seek at a deeper level because you're probably heading to a deeper revelation Okay, are we learning anything? Go to school on these. Go back. Listen to them over and over if the Lord has pricked something on the inside of you that you should listen. Well, thank you for allowing me to be your pastor and teacher. Wish I could preach like Jeremiah and Brother Chet. But you are so gracious to listen to just biblical teaching for all these years. And I am... Uh, honestly grateful for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Would you pray with me right now, right where you are? God, open my heart. Help me to hear your voice more clearly. Next time we meet, I'm going to talk about how to, how to overcome the clutter. We've all got it, every one of us. I have it, you have it. How to overcome the clutter and begin to hear the voice of the Lord more accurately. That'll be in two weeks, the Lord willing.
Lord, we thank you that the clarity of your voice comes from intimacy. I desire to be more intimate with you. I desire to hear you more clearly. I decide, I desire and decide to love you more dearly. I want to know you in your fullness. Teach us how to discern the impressions that are in our spirit. Teach us to discern all the multiple ways that you're already speaking to us, but we're not tuned in. Make us consciously aware that we can walk in conversation with you. And help us not to judge that which is legitimate by any other way but your holy word. Thank you for this time together. I pray your blessing on all these, your precious sons and daughters. Give them greater revelation, Lord, of intimacy with you and hearing your voice at a higher level. This is your church. We're your people. In Jesus' name. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.